We're recording. Welcome back to the show, Listener's Attack, show number two. We haven't done these for a while. Um, it's been busy, crazy busy in the world of the Crush A Lot podcast as we are expanding and getting bigger. We are working on our website that is almost done, and we're going to start pushing new content in there, different podcasts. Uh, but today's a very special show for episode two of the Listener's Attack show. We have a special guest that I noticed on Facebook. As you know, everybody knows, I'm very sociable. I like to go out there and look at people who are saying things that have some weight to it. And I kept going back to the same person and reading what they were writing about hip-hop and some of the social things that are going out there. And I just resonated really well with what this person said. So I reached out to him. I reached out and, and was like, hey, come on the show. Share these thoughts out there. And he gladly accepts it. So uh, welcome, everyone, Malik, to the show. Hey, Malik, how are you? I'm good, man. How you feeling, bro? Man, I am super excited. I know we've been trying to get this going for about two weeks, but we finally did it. Uh, thank you so much for coming from the show, from to the show. But you're all the way in Baltimore, and I'm all the way in Brooklyn. So one of the things I want to talk about is like, how is the hip hop landscape out in Baltimore? Because I haven't been out there. Um, I've been meaning to go out there, but I haven't had a chance to go out there. How is the hip hop? culture out there in in baltimore right now i mean the like the current scene hip-hop you know i'm not uh you know i'm not really into you know i kind of uh faded back but <laughs> shots fired no yeah but you know uh when we when you, you you know when you talk about you know baltimore hip-hop the baltimore hip-hop scene you know you got a you got a couple of uh couple of dudes out there that you know that rep the city uh yeah and on oh, my favorite uh, being uh king los uh, I, I i was hoping you said king los uh, my favorite being king los only uh and you know i i know los personally um you know i used to have a oh, we used to have a store back in the day called streetwise and uh so you know him right man i, I seen uh and this dude used to come in the store every day and get uh and get a fitted cap and a t-shirt, right? <laughs> it sounds like his trademark look, yeah. Right, and um, you know, I, I straight seen this dude just like oh, eat up four dudes at one time. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he, I mean, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely a, a lyrical uh, monster. He's definitely one of my favorites. I talked about this in the last show we had that our top five artists you need to listen to now. He was my number five. Um, and I talked about why he was number five. He's a beast on the freestyling scene. Like, there's, I don't think anyone could touch him on the freestyling scene, um, not only because of the wordplay, but because he's actually saying something. And to think of things to say in a spot of the right. moment is very difficult. People could just put the sentence together and make it cleverly rhyme, and I can appreciate that. But he's actually saying things in those right. real quick moments. Right. And I'm like, whoa, the way this guy calculates things. Right. It's amazing. But I am also a big critic of King Los. I said this on the show. I don't know if you heard this one yet. And go back to I encourage you to go back to listen to it. I did say I love him as a freestyler. Man, I had a hard time getting through that last uh, album, though. It was like, this ain't my King Los that I wanted. And, oh, and, and, and don't get it twisted. Like, you know, when, you know, when like, Los is like a... Uh, He's like a boxer. Like he, uh, he's like a, yes. he, he's like a, he's like a very skilled boxer. 
Like, you know, yep. in, in the heat of the moment, he can pick his opponent apart. I've I, yep. I seen the dude battle. You know what I'm saying? I've seen him battle a lot, you know. Um, yep. And, you know, like, you, you there and you, you know, you think you're putting in your best work and the whole time he's studying you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. He studied, he studied, he studied his surroundings and he going, and he's going to implement all that in his rhyme, in his rhymes. And, you know, it's ridiculous how he do it. Cause it's, you know, it's like, it's like, he's a skilled boxer. Like he, you know, and he goes yep. to the knockout blow, but you know, as far as st- song structure. He, yeah. Like songwriting, writing a song. He, uh, he, he can be dope. I, I, uh, he can, he can be a dope, uh, you know, all-around artist, but I think, uh, you know, where he where he's at lyrically and where he's at, yeah. uh, you know, mentally is he just have that, uh, he just have that, that rawness that, you yes. know, and, and, and it's hard to, you know, when you have raw talent like that, you understand, you know, it's hard to, you know, channel all that, all that raw energy into, you know, into a box and say do this and well said i agree with you i i think that's like he is one he's definitely raw and i I like that about him but i don't know if that could be contained in some type of commercial package right you know and i think that's where the struggle is i and and i i want to hear more from him and i I really think he needs to align himself with producers that complement that rawness a little more he made some songs that that were good and conscious and smart, um, but I just felt the productions didn't complement his style well. Like I really think, hey, put the money and get some Primo beats. Like he will kill some oh, Primo. Yeah, beats. I mean because you know, like Primo or oh, Primo can channel that rawness. Like you know, yeah. like like if you you know it, oh, I forgot the name of the mixtape from uh, he dropped God, in, God money God money war. No, he dropped in oh eight oh seven oh eight, but uh, yeah, he. Where he uh, where he did a milli, yeah, and like he murdered that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And you know, like, so I mean, he, he has. Oh, it was like that. That mixtape was like Ice Cube jacking for beats because he was just taking cats beats and just you know, making yep. them his own. And you know, uh, and it's like you know. You, and I'm a big fan of when people do that. Yeah, me too. Oh, I, absolutely. You know, like uh, I, I don't mean to jump off topic, but. Oh, uh, and we and we could talk about this. Uh, we could talk about because one of the topics you want to talk about Top Cruise. But when the Black Hippies remade, you don't, you don't even know it. Oh my gracious! I still buy that to this day. Like, oh yeah, I, I that that is like one of the greatest remakes <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, but it is. But to go back to uh, Lowe's, like you know, first of all, you know, Lowe's biggest mistake was he uh, he signed with Big. I mean, signed with uh, Puff. Puff. Right, he signed with Puff. When yep. when Jay dropped the blueprint, and when uh, when you know when Kanye you know was giving Jay uh, you know re- gave Jay life, you know what I'm saying? And uh, Jay dropped the blueprint. You know, Los came in the store, right, and was like, "Listen to this," and he uh, he sat down with Kanye and did every song off the blueprint. He did every wow. song off the blueprint. Like and it was only one copy of that shit. Oh my, my bad. It was only, oh, it, was only it was only one copy of that joint ever made. You know what I'm saying? And he had it, wow. and he probably still have it. 
You know what I'm saying? That's a that's something I want to get my hands on. That kind of reminds me of that when the Wu Tang dropped the uh, Once Upon a Time in China and the stupid pharmaceutical guy bought it. I'm like, dude, I want to hear that right. shit. Like, I want to hear it. Like, why are you giving it to them? <laughs> right. I want to hear it. I put my money into you. Right. I want to hear it. Yeah. No, King Los for me. When I think Baltimore, I definitely think King Los. Um, I I'm excited. I'm like, even though I'm a little sour in some of the releases he's put out recently. Just, but I just feel like he's he's amazing, and I still encourage people to check him out on YouTube. Pick up his mixtape; right. you can find it on iTunes, and give him a whirl and get excited for him right. because I mean, I'd rather have him out there on the radio than some of the things that are out there. Right. And you know, I don't think he's a commercial dude, but I see his appeal. He's a good dude. I feel like he's authentic. Right. I feel like he's a hard worker. I definitely think he's talented and super smart, and I want to hear more from him. Right. I think he has to work on the team around him a little more, and maybe how he outputs it a little more but man i still man i get excited when any time king los I, I i definitely is gonna get my money and I, i'm excited he's still young right i mean so he got a good 10 15 years ahead of him right. so king los definitely in the baltimore scene um but uh but i'm a, i'm a uh one thing you know one thing about los is and you know i get this a lot you know so it's not a shot at los you know los and a lot of, uh, and I and I think because Los grew up in an era where yeah. you know where you know hip hop, where hip hop, East Coast hip hop in New York, you know what I'm saying, yeah. was like influential. Yeah. You understand? Los doesn't embody the city. Los doesn't doesn't no. embody Baltimore culture. Now, when you talk about Baltimore cu- culture, this you know, this long, young dude, I don't know uh, if you ever heard of him, but he. Uh, you know, he got killed over the summertime, Lord Scooter. I wasn't a big fan of his music, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not going to front, but when, you know, when I first heard uh, Lord Scooter, he had he had a song called Scramble Coke and Smack, Scramble Coke and Smack, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was being played all over the radio, and it was kind of hard to ignore it, and it would, but it, you know, it wouldn't be something normally, it wouldn't be no, normally something I bang, but it was catchy, but as, you know, as, you know, a couple of years went past, you know, and you listen and you listen to him, you know, this dude actually, uh, he was actually involving into a, a great artist. You know what I'm saying? And he embodied the city. He embodied Baltimore city, yeah. the culture of Baltimore, like from the way he talked, the way he dressed, you know, just like the way he oh, used his words and the city loved him. The hood loved him. Like he was from that. That's you know, so important. That is so important. Like, I feel like, as someone who grew up in New York and Brooklyn, obviously my flag on who I consider the best MC is slanted, and we kind of know who it is. It could be Biggie, or I could go right now. You could take Jay-Z, though I'm not a big Jay-Z fan. Or I could go uh, Joey Badass right now, right? That's Brooklyn. But I'm spoiled. I'm hip-hop spoiled because right. I'm from New York. There's not too many people holding it down in Baltimore that hit that kind of peak. So when you say uh, some of these regional guys that are there are probably just regional for Baltimore, that's the kind of stuff we want to really talk about on the show because I want to get on those things because I know hip-hop is big um, everywhere else. So that's that's a cool perspective uh, for people who are trying to understand uh, Baltimore. And Baltimore is a very hot topic, you know, uh, in terms of social, right. um, mainstream coverage, uh I'm, uh, the, you know, the wire. Right. There's a lot of stuff going on with Baltimore. We get that side of it, but the voice 
of Baltimore is still being developed. So having right. people like King Los um, is is important to hear that. But I definitely agree with you that the regional stuff who represent who you are, your slang, your talk, your walk, right. sometimes those things never hit the radio, right. and, never hit the mainstream. Right, and, you know, like one of the, one of the uh, biggest things, you know, Baltimore is a very, very unique city, you know, uh, yeah. in so many ways, you know. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of history. Yeah. You understand? And when people, and when people think of Baltimore, they think of like the wire, you know, and, you know, most recently, you know, the riot, uh, behind the Freddie Gray death. But, you know, one of the things, uh, you know, like if you're not from Baltimore and, you know, you come to Baltimore and you like, you know, and you, and depending on where you go, you know, you like, all right, it's a cool city. You understand? Like, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a nice city. You know, depending on where you go, you know, like Baltimore is one of the places where, uh, you definitely can, you definitely can make the wrong turn, and you know, yeah. you, you, you know, you think you going to the inner harbor or you going to Harbor East, you make the wrong turn. You know, you're in a project. You understand? So, uh, yeah, you know, Baltimore has a lot of poverty. Uh, and you know, is a and what? that's one of the things me and uh Cali West, uh, who's not here right now, uh, shout out to you, Cali West. I know you're home with your lizard doing whatever you do with your lizard, uh, but <laughs> I always make fun of her lizard. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, we are we identify and what we call ourselves, we're dirt people, meaning we're from the dirt, right? Like, we don't want to be rich, we never want to be rich, we consider you. And people in urban communities, we're, we're just dirt people. We're from the we're from the ground up, and that's we're we're firmly planted in those sands. And and Baltimore has such a rich history, even with all the poverty. People keep spinning that that that's a negative, dude. It's like some of the most humble people come from that area. Right. I mean, and, and bro, you oh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I oh. I definitely have to I definitely have to agree. Like you know me you know, me myself you know I grew up in low income housing. Uh, yep. and you know, I, I was raised by a single mother and, uh, you know, like my, my father wasn't there, you know, my father, my father was a hardcore dope fiend, you know, my, you know, the only, the only male figure I had in my life, you know, was my uncle and, you know, he struggled, he, he struggled with, you know, drug addiction, you understand, mm-hmm. uh, all his life, and you know, God rest his soul. He died in '92. He died of full blown AIDS, and mm. um, you know. So, and I had then I had my young uncle, was which was his younger brother, who you know was attached to the streets. You know, and my life, and I'm sitting here talking to you. You know, my life could have went either way. You understand? Yep. And you know, and it was, um, and as bad, uh, like. I'm not uh, like being poor when, when I, when I think, when I sit back, think about it, you know, now, you know, growing up being poor, wasn't so bad. You know what I'm saying? You know, cause you know, life wasn't as busy, you know? Um, and it's like, you know, like it, it bought the family or it, you know, the family structure was tight for, you yeah. know, for my family. And it was like, you know, everybody go to your grandma house or grandma go cook and we eat dinner yep. and, you know, and, you know, we, actually uh, and then your friends in the neighborhood you know it was you know it was it was community you know what i'm saying more, yeah. more so when, as yeah 
when when money is not the focus point of the family structure community, then you're able to build those right those connections. So you know, hey, we're very similar back. I, when you when you're talking, I resonate with a lot of you know single parent, father was around, uh, all those things. But is it hip hop like that too? Like and that, and hip hop, hip hop was poor, right? And and hip hop was poor. And when you gave hip hop a little money, right. It lo- it forgot that it was poor man's music, and that's my issue with hip hop right now. Right, and that's and you know like I'm like I'm a huge fan. Like I'm you know, like I'm a huge fan of DJs. Not yo, know, not yes, not these dudes, not you. these dudes that be like oh no, I'm oh I'm a oh like in the middle of the song. Right, oh, you know I'm yo, know, I'm I still I still Illuminati. <laughs> I still want to oh you know. I had the pleasure of, you know, I tell you, I tell you a story. Uh, back in 2010, um, I, you know, I was having to photography, and that was that's one of my that's one of my uh, hobbies and very expensive hobby. But I was yeah. uh, I was having to photography, and uh, you know, one in uh, 2010, the Roots would. Uh, I was going to the Roots Picnic because I I had went to the Roots Picnic, you know, uh, since '08, since uh, I mean '07, since it started, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, this year, you know, I I went up uh, me, my homeboy, my cousin, like uh, we're gonna go up there, da 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 da, you know, we got it all planned out. So the day of, like, I'm ready, you know, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to rock and roll. I got the camera, got the camera back, and they like, no, oh, I can't go, can't go, and I'm like. Damn, yo, but I'm but I'm going. You know what I'm saying? So I hop in the car, I drive to Philly by myself. You know what I'm saying? So you know, I go there, I got my camera bag, got my ticket, and uh, and the dude like, no, you can't bring the camera bag in that, right? So wow. I'm like, damn, what I'm gonna do? So I I park like four blocks away from the venue. So I'm walking up the street, and, and I see this dude from Baltimore that I know because I'm Muslim. So I uh, I recognize him from the match here. We we went to the match here, so we get to rapping, and I'm like, you know, man, I can't uh, I got I can't take the camera from that. He was like, why not? I was like, you know, um, you you know yeah, you can't probably no no photography or right. some nonsense like that. He was like, man, here he was like, I tell you what, give me yo, give me your ticket and sixty dollars, and I get yo, and this dude gave me an all access pass, bro. Wow. So. I go, I, 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 you know, I give him the money, I give him my ticket, turn back around, walk right in, yo, when with I, the camera, with the, with the camera bag and everything, <laughs> and I, oh, and I, I wrote a, I wrote a story about this man, and I had went straight to the back, straight back backstage. This year, with two, in 2010, it was Wu Tang. Oh, you're killing me now. It was the Clips, oh. Daddy Jeff. Uh, one of the best DJs out there on the radio. The greatest, the greatest ever did it. I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, yeah. Uh, people sleep on him, but, but he people should really get at him. But uh, that was and this is yo, and this is I oh, uh, and I call uh, and I called the story the day hip hop loved me back. Man, I sat down and had lunch with Fab Five Freddy, bruh. Wow, Fab Five Freddy, like you know, street cred. I keep spinning that resume. I, yo, I yo, I kicked it with Black Thoughts and Quest Love. Yo, I smoked a blunt with Meth. I keep, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I met Raekwon and Ghost, and I was on uh, and I was on stage while they performed. Oh, some of y'all. That must have been. I listen. My funny Wu Tang story is, 
I, I, I got married probably the same year, 2010, maybe 2009. I don't remember. Uh, we go to honeymoon. We just landed to in our honeymoon spot. And we're walking by, checking out the area. We walk by a Hard Rock Cafe. Uh-huh. And in the Hard Rock Cafe, you see in the awning, performing tomorrow night, Wu-Tang Clan. And I'm not dumb. I'm not going to tell my wife right. <laughs> that we're going to go see Wu-Tang. Right. Let's go get tickets. I, I like It's our honeymoon. And like, you know what I'm saying? So she was like, yo, you want to go see Wu-Tang? I'm like, this is some joke, right? What? Like, how are you going to see Wu-Tang on your honeymoon? She's like, yo, but that's that's your crew. I'm like, yeah, because I got a Wu-Tang tattoo on my, the back of my ear. There's no way you don't know I'm a Wu-Tang head. <laughs> like, all right, all right, if you want to go, yeah, we'll go. We'll go two tickets. All right, we'll get there mad early because I'm not excited, and I don't know. I get there. Listen, dude, I'm an expanded guy. I'm the only light brother in there anyway. Everybody's dark. Everybody's high. Everybody's smoking. I don't really smoke. I don't smoke at all, really. And then I walked in. We do the show. Uh, and Ghostface is, is, oh, my goodness. Ghostface is saying some very sexually erotic, explicit things. Uh, my wife is looking at me. I'm like, yo, you could go the whole time. And I'll write it out. Uh, two and a half hours later, I walk out high as heck. <laughs> Dude, I didn't smoke anything. That was all contact. And I, it was still a blur because I had to go home and just knock out. And because I'm a lightweight in that department, <laughs> it hit, hits me differently. So my half of the Wu-Tang stuff, I don't even remember because right. I, was, I was so out of it. And that was like honeymoon Wu-Tang is, <laughs> that, is my greatest Wu-Tang moment. That, that's a dope story, but man... Now, when you saw Wu Tang perform, was it the whole crew? Cause no, it, I, was, it, if, was, in my, it was just Ghost Ray and uh, Math. Math? But, that oh, was probably bro, when they were. I got something for you. I'm, uh, you know what? That was probably when they were uh, promoting the Wu Massacre album. Well, hold on. I'm, uh, I, uh, I think I probably can. Can can you send files over Skype? Uh, I got something just for you, and nobody else got this. So, I think you could send something. Oh, I'm gonna send. I'm gonna send you. Oh, this is this is my oh this is my original this is my original work uh, and I oh and I never shared this with nobody I got uh, oh exclusive here on the Crystal Eye so, podcast uh, from Baltimore to Brooklyn this is my gift to you for inviting me to the show so before we before we leave yeah if you go I, to the chat yes yeah, where we're talking and you see the little uh, attachment sign there if, you can send me let me see if it's uh, yeah. but when I saw Wu Tang as you figured it out I saw it man listen. Sir Love Day, when he was on the show, he knows, a lot of people know, my main dude's the Rizzo. I know he's not the best MC, but I just love the architect behind this, the whole structure of Wu-Tang. So I, I vibe with the Rizzo. Though I'm very critical of the Rizzo, I'm still going to get it. I'm sure you have someone you like that release some duds, and you're like, but you're still going to mess with me. That's my dude. So Rizzo wasn't there when he did the show, and, and obviously Dirty wasn't there. So those are the two that I resonate the most with, and they weren't there. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I got Capadonna. I guess that counts. Uh, so, <laughs> And that was the time when they uh, were just, Method Man was in the beginning of promoting the 420 album. Okay. And it, it wasn't just, it, it was like he released like a single, he didn't release a single, but he played his single there at the show. And it was, I was, I was like, in Method Man heaven, and then as soon as uh, I came to and I got uh, all cleaned up, I was like trying to find the song online, and so 
trying to get on information because he had it was ah uh, if I could relive that moment that would be great um hopefully I get to see him um they're gonna be in New York with the Roots um October I'm, I'm, I'm trying third and fourth. I'm trying to I'm trying to get up there bro I gotta uh yo maybe we could connect I'm, I'm, I'm I gotta see and I'm like literally twenty minutes away I'm trying to get up there I was I was just talking to uh, my homeboy today like man if we can you know if we can make it up there but I. I, I hopefully I you know it, it all depends how my work schedule go if I can get off. But, yeah, um, but I, as you figure out that attachment though, uh, I know you had a chance to listen to a show and you definitely had a a beef uh, with our list for top five MCs. Right. Uh, same thing as uh, our man Sir Love Day from Straight Shooter Podcast. He came on the show and he had a definite beef with our our list. And you guys share a same beef with Nas. Being number four, right? Uh, what's up with that? Cause I'm about to kick you off the show, uh, bruh. I yo, let me, let me, yo, let me, let me, let me just explain. Like, you know, I have a lot. <laughs> yo, like, you know, I'm not. Let me preface this before I go in for the kill jab. Well, look, you know, I'm not. You know, I am not the, you know, delusional. Oh, Nas fan, or like the delusional J fan, like oh, no, you'll yeah. never drop nothing whack. You understand? Oh, you know, because yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm be, oh, I'm, I'm a straight shooter. You understand? What I'm saying. Yeah. So, but when we talk about you know top five, and we talk about yo know, the greatest, and you know when you know when I bring up when I bring up Big, and you know like I like Big over J, and people like well Big catalog is not as big as as long as J. And you know, yep. whatever. I hear that all the time. And I, and I oh, and I have my and you know and I break it down very oh, and I break it down oh, easily. You understand? And we and we'll touch on that in a second. But the uh, one of the things about Nas is you know, I don't care who you are, you know, and what, and when if you grew up in that era where yep. you know where Tribe Called Quest was killing it. You know what I'm saying? You know, Q-tip, you know, Q-tip, you know. At that time, it was just like a beast. Right. You know, and you had, uh, and you, know, you had Wu-Tang. Yeah, you had, you, know, you had Wu-Tang. You had, Listen, you had Def Midnight Def Marauder, Midnight Marauder and Enter the Wu-Tang came out the same day. Right. And people don't know that. And, yeah. And people don't know that. But, uh, but when, but when you think about Illmatic, you know, Illmatic, you know, it changed the landscape of, Absolutely, lyricism. You understand? Know it changed the it changed the art of hip hop. You understand? Know and you know, because you know, Nas started started writing the album when he was oh, seventeen. He dropped it when he was nineteen, and it just like uh, you know the the level his mentality. You understand? Know with all at that age. I mean, just like it was it was it was straight poetry, man. I sit the dumb, yeah. he watching Gandhi till I'm charged, writing in my book of rhymes, all the words past the margin, holding mic, I'm throbbing, mechanical movements, understandable, smooth, the murderers move it, the sea thing, play me at night, it don't act right, the feeling, hip hop got me stuck like a crack pipe. Uh, and it's like, geez, at that time, whoa, and at that, that was a turning point in hip hop, when the 80s, golden hip hop, right era in the 80s right. it was a lot of slick mcs the movement was growing what is is the fascination of it and then there came a point where right before Nas dropped um rakim really pushed the movement of lyricism more adding more more 
complexities to the rhymes and and really challenge the listener. Right. Like I really think Rakim pushed people to actually think and be smarter. Right. And then Nas took it to the next level. And you couldn't go back to that. You couldn't go back to Slick Rick rhymes. You couldn't go back to Run DMC the way they rhymed anymore because it just looked slow and dated. Right. And even though I love I love that that energy back in the eighties, you can't go back to that. Right. You and, you can't. You're right. I mean, and you know, like even if you know, and the and, and these are two of my all time favorite albums. And you know, Ready to Die and Illmatic. Ready to Die, Biggie, first album, Ready to Die, and Illmatic, Illmatic. classic. They, those, those are two classic albums. Okay? And in Baltimore, that was heavy over there, Baltimore, when you were growing up there? Absolutely. Like, oh, I, I mean, come on, man. Like, when, when Wu-Tang dropped, you know, everybody in Baltimore was 5%. Bruh. Yeah. Everybody in Baltimore was 5%. When, uh, you know what? It, I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty. I'm old school. And if you listen to all the shows, you understand that I'm such East Coast bias. I don't even know why I'm doing this show. Uh, I'm East Coast bias. So when, like, if it's not from New York back then, I just didn't care but, to hear but, it. But, but, but. So I imagine everyone was like that. So I imagine Baltimore listening to Baltimore, LA listening to no, LA, and that's uh, it. No, I, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, yo, the crazy thing about it is, like, you know, either, you know, either you was, either you was banging. This and this is how it was. Like real talk. Either you was banging, you know, because I got a homeboy, you know, who, you know, who he 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 was he was born in Baltimore, but he was raised in New York, and but he's the he, you know, he's the biggest West Coast hip hop fan I know. Oh man, he's a traitor in my eyes, man. But oh, uh, but they, uh, but. <laughs> But we can't uh, when when we talk about hip hop and this is uh, like and I love uh, and I love East Coast hip hop you know and you know but I mean you can't talk about hip hop and you can't talk about without talking about you know West Coast you can't talk absolutely you, I agree and like you know I I remember buying the vinyl of Straight Outta Compton and yeah. my grandmother had a high five. And uh, most most people don't even know what a high five is, right? But my grandmother had a high five. One side was uh, the radio, the other side was a record was player. Record player, and you know, and it was a big, and it was a big piece. Old old school record player, right. low fidelity. Right. So, my and my grandmother, my great grandmother, she, you know, she was um, she was an uneducated woman. You know what I'm saying? So she she used to get up in the morning and she cleaned white folks' houses for you know, twenty hours a day, right? Forty dollars a day, whatever the case may be, and so when I uh, we had this we had this store in uh, Montgomery Mall up uh, up uh, in Baltimore called uh, Record Town, and so you know I went uh, I found somebody to go in there and buy a NWA album right straight out of Compton. And you got someone else to buy, right? Because I could uh, I could buy it, right? So I, yeah, I had a place like that called the Record Center. And man, I I never forget this. And I lived and I lived about probably three quarters of a mile away from my grandma. And I used to walk down my grandma's house every day, and it was like a straight shot, right? And um, and I lived in a place called you know in a uh in Winchester Apartments. It was it was it's a hood, so I lived in Winchester Apartments, right? So I, you know, I would come go to my grandma's house because I didn't have record player at my house. 
you know, so I, I had to go to my grandma's house. That's where I spent my days in the summertime. And man, I'm you know, I'm I, I just like straddle Compton, and I'm just going along with it, you know. And I mean, you know, and the, the way she had the the high five, it was right in the, you know, it was right right in the hallway. So as soon as you walk in the door and uh, go past the vestibule, you that's all you see. And if she heard all this, that's the police, and you know this that and other. Man, oh, she chased me out. She chased me. Oh, and she, oh, and she grabbed the, oh, and she grabbed the album and oh, grabbed the, uh, the album mm-hmm. cover, and I grabbed the album. And you know, it was two albums back then. Yeah. And they didn't fit all on the vinyl. So I'm like, she got one. Oh, she got one album, and I got another <laughs> album. And she, oh, she like trying to break it. I'm like, no, no, no. And I smashed it on the head. And, oh, and I ran all. Oh, I ran all the way home like with my. Uh, uh, I had, I had, I had, I didn't have that kind of story, but I definitely had the kind of stories. Listen, and when I started working on 14, all I did was buy records and CDs. CDs just got huge then, or tapes, whatever. Right. You know that purple tape. I, I can't tell you how many times I bought the purple oh. tape. Or when I bought Redman's tape and the co- and the and the cassette was red, oh, I was like, you, this is like, buddy, come on, I still have it now. That, yo, like I will never get side. rid of that. That's yeah, side. that's right. But you know what I'm talking about. The purple tape was purple. Bruh. The red tape was red. And you would never get... But my parent, my mom, was like, what is this? This is devil music. I go, Ma, let me be. Like, I had to hide it from her. It was ridiculous. I even had to hide, like, R&B stuff from her, like, shy. Like, why am I hiding shy from you? Because the word sexual was in it. Like, come on, Ma. Like, relax. Uh-huh. I had to literally hide it. So my, my hip-hop experience, I, I had to hide it from people because it was it was... In my house, it was like deemed like ungodly, um, and it's funny because the person who introduced me to hip hop was my older brother, and he's a pastor. <laughs> so I'm like, I got it from my brother. Go look at him. Don't look at me. Uh, but yo, if people understood, like when you bought that Raekwon or that Redman, and then you oh, and you unpackaged it, and you saw a red tape or you saw a purple tape, and I was like, oh my, this is what is this? Mind blowing. Yeah, and that one, no one ever did it after that, and that's one of the things I miss about cassettes, like the uh, even downloads. I love like going to the CD store and coming back home with a physical copy and opening it and putting it in and reading the lyrics as I go, or like like you don't get that with digital. That's one of my complaints. I mean, I love digital for the convenience of it, right? But opening a package when I first got the Illmatic tape and open or the Biggie. And then, even when you listen to it, I talked about this with Sir Loveday in the last show. Ready to Die is composed in two different in two ways. One is side A, and the other one is side B. Mm-hmm. So you timed yourself when you went to school. All right, I'm gonna start here, right. and you made sure that shit was done or rewind right. or fast forward. But when you come out of school, right. you're ready to go on side B. Right. Yeah, people are spoiled and don't understand. That's how we had to do it back in the days. But you know, but that you know, but that that's the that's the joyous that's the joyous thing about you know, about the art the art form though. Like back then, you know, it was it was so authentic and it was so you know, yeah. and it, you know, like. I li- but I love those two-sided right. cassettes because I feel it, it was just, you could tell real stories that way. Where now people drop albums, you got like 22 songs. I'm like, 22 songs? What are you talking about? I can't digest that. Right. It's too long. Like, I, Ready to Die, good size out. Illmatic, 10 songs. 10 songs. Yo, five on five on each side. Yo, and that was, that was like, oh, and 
And then side two started with one love. Right, but but think, but just just think how you know we talking about we talking about two great albums. We talking about Ready to Die. We talking about Illmatic. Oh, uh, and yeah. you know what was uh, what was the one you, uh, what uh, even though they were two completely different albums, what was the biggest thing they had in common you know, with each other? I'm a, you know the biggest thing they had in common with each other. What besides the album cover? Besides the album cover, <laughs> uh, that's that's well, a whole other story. But that's a whole different story. Uh, yeah, we, uh, you know Ray and uh, Ray Ray. I mean, Ghost you know, talked about that on the Purple Tape. Yeah, but you talked about that. On... But the, you know the the the, <laughs> the two great things about those uh, those two albums are that they were you know, they were not only were they great albums, where they they were well written and you know they classic, but when it really show the talent of those two artists because they drop classic albums with no famous guest appearances. None. None. No. Biggie had Biggie had meth, but they, meth. they made he was on the come up. They they made they made the what? Cause the what was on the best of big Mr. C T. Yeah. That was before that was way before that was way before oh, the album release. The album release. That was way before Into the Wu Tang. That was way before Meth had Wu, yo, uh, Method Man. Oh, uh, before the Tikal album. Right. That was before the Tikal album. And then oh, Az. Az do or die. Yo. So, oh, P. Oh, and you don't. And like now, you know, people are content with buying an album with. 20 songs in there and you only can listen to uh, you only can listen you only to listen like four or five right it, it, you know if that much and then you know if the four or five songs are hot then they uh, or, or they, they satisfied and that well the but that's just the artist in my opinion I, you know I don't know why they do it listen you put out 22 songs in an album you hope four of them are singles and that's how you make your money right, right. when you and you that's what you push in your shows right my dude you're not out there I Real hip hop gives you an experience and takes you on a journey, makes you think. Right. Illmatic, ready to die, did those things. Yeah, I mean, Nas made me think more than Big did, as Big right. was so vivid in his word that I felt I was there. Right, and, and, uh, uh, and they they and uh, they were two different type of MCs. You know very, they, very different. They were they was two they were two different. Number one, but they were great, and uh, and they uh, and and you know when people talk about hip-hop, you know, and you talk about the state of hip-hop, like, if it wasn't for those two albums, where would hip-hop be? And, uh, where would hip-hop be? Let's go. If Biggie was still here, that would be... Like, imagine the landscape right now. Biggie was still here. Pac was still here. Pun was still here. Big L. Jay Dilla. Like, like those are significant contributors to the game. Imagine if they were still here. You think they would let the, half the stuff that happens now? First of all, if, if, they, if, oh. if, if Big Pac was still here and Big L was still here, you know, let, let's just let's just be honest and let's and let's not uh, let's not skate around what you what we both thinking. So <laughs> we uh, no Kendrick, no Kendrick, no Jay, no none. Kendrick probably, oh, Kendrick probably would have slid through, but oh, because Kendrick is, oh, Kendrick is unique. Oh, Kendrick, oh, Kendrick is, oh, Kendrick embodies what hip hop is. You understand? Know he took, he's picking up that Tupac flag. 
I don't think he's necessarily picking up the Tupac flag. I think, you know, I think he, uh, he is, you know, kind of, you know, moving in, you know, in that spirit. But I mean, when you think about, oh, Kendrick can stand on his own. Like Kendrick, absolutely, Kendrick can stand on his own, and you can you can hear the influence of, of, you know, uh, to what well, you can hear the Pac is there, you, Q-Tip is there. Uh, he there's so much he, especially with a uh, Pip the Butterfly when he started adding the funk, and the the blues in there it. I I could tell he's trying to harken back to a time where music was not accessible to us, right? Um, and 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 I appreciate that. Um, I think, but yo, know, dude, imagine like if Big was here, if Big and Pac were here, they would still need to get over the biggest hurdles that, in my opinion, killed them, and that's Puff and Shook. Right. Those two. Those two did more to damage hip-hop than to push hip-hop I, I, I mean, to, and in, to this day. it's like how, how do you get how do you get i know big and puff were tight but eventually they were gonna like there was no way that big would have in my estimation how can you continue to work with puff after you dropped the third or fourth album like i don't i don't see it like he would be probably carrying he's carrying puff in sustaining him, Puff doesn't add anything to this equation. Right. Like he, that whole his whole production team fell apart. Right. Like that production team was hot at one point. Like I love that uh, Benjamin beat. It was all about the Benjamin beat. Yo, that's not a top five beat right there. Right. Like what his production team is just fell apart. So I don't even know if Big would even like he needed to dump that eventually if he wanted to make sustainable music. Where with Pac. Man, I'm such a cold, hot and cold on Pac, but me, oh, for me, 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 oh, and me, oh, and me, you are just like, oh, like, oh, for me, oh, I, oh, I honestly, I didn't begin to appreciate Pac to at the Pac died. No, me too. me too, right? You know, absolutely. And oh, you, you, oh, and you know, one of the biggest, oh, one, oh, like when people say, oh, Pac, he, oh, he, oh, he, he was okay. I, Pac, I he wasn't a lyricist, but what, well, no. what, oh, Pac, oh, Pac. The one thing he had that no other rapper, oh, that I uh, like, even in this, even to this age, it, uh, like you know, nobody has Pac's energy and Pac charisma. No, no. you know what no, I'm saying. I agree with that you. was that was his talent. That was that that was what made him great. I mean, he knew he knew, and I said this um, in the first show that you listened to. I said no one connects to the audience better than Pac. Right. I mean, he, oh, Pac was, oh, Pac was, uh, I mean, I mean, Pac was Pac. And, you know, and you can't, yeah. and, you know, like, you hate him, hate him or love him. Guess what? I, I still believe he would have been killed. If he, if he would have not shot, died that night, some white group would have killed him by now. The dude was growing. He was getting so popular. He was not, musically, was he was going to be there and push music. That I, it was, but the music was, a conduit to his message. Right. Eventually, the message would be so big that he would he would be the spokesman for the youth. Like if Tupac was said vote, people are gonna vote. If if Tupac said don't vote for Donald Trump, by the way, he said that 
He did say that when he said, yeah, he, uh, Yo, I, can't, I can't be like Donald Trump because he's all about gimme, 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 push, push, push away. People really need to. He was a, aware of this back then. And, uh, so that's what's missing in hip hop. I mean, we got Kendrick, J. Cole, Odyssey, people like Big Rapper Pooh, but they don't, they don't connect in the way Pac did. And that what is sorely missing. And I'm like you, I'm appreciating that now because I'm noticing the void in hip hop right now and that big hole Pac left. I'm noticing it more now in the climate that we're in. And that's one of the things I feel Pac was good at. Uh, but I want to get to something that I, I got a little squabble with you. Okay. Squabble. I'm team iPhone. Oh, bruh. And dude, your Facebook is littered with slander to my brand because your team... Uh, Samsung, my phone is going to blow up in my pocket. <laughs> All right. So what gives with the Apple hate? Oh, it's no, it's, it's no Apple hate. <laughs> it, uh, let, let me, just let me explain. Uh, I, I am a huge techie. I am a, you know, I'm a huge techie. You understand? Know like I, uh, I love technology and I love my gadgets. I love my toys. Right. So you're ahead of the game with that. Right. So I uh, like, you know, when I buy a phone, you understand? Know like, you know, I don't want last year's model. And I don't want the model before, uh, the year before. You know, I want, you know, like. You want the now. I want the now. So, like, when the Note 7 came out, you know, before all before all the, uh, all my, my, the it's going to blow up. Seven. It's going to blow up and da 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 da. Uh, the, Note, uh, the Note 7 was, uh, was a, uh, is a very dope phone. You understand? It's an interesting piece of technology, even though I would never buy right. it. Right. I mean, it was like, okay, that is intriguing. I, I felt this way. I bought my, I bought my lady uh, an edge, and I was like, man, I really wish my phone had an edge. Because um, it's just those little, it does little things that I do appreciate. But, man, I'm tied to my Apple. And you know why? I wasted so much money on apps and music that I don't see myself going somewhere else just to redo it all over again. But, but, but that's the thing. You don't need to go anywhere else. I mean, you, you, can, you could do Apple Music on the Samsung right, now, right? Right. So what do you, what do you uh, uh, I mean, listen. Oh, uh, man, why you got to tell me that for? Look, look I'm, uh, I'm, just, I'm a realist, right? So when, when, I'm, uh, when I'm on my phone, you understand know what I'm saying? I, uh, my phone is, is, means everything to me. You know what I'm saying? You know, yes. my phone, I need my phone to do you know, what I need my phone to do and I and that's just it right so when I'm uh, like bruh I can unlock my phone with my eyeballs bruh <laughs> like, eventually you're gonna be able to do it with, like your breath or something right, you know, it, it's getting to that point you know I, it's gonna be that point where you're, like your phone is on your finger you got the like the receiver on your pinky and the and the headphone on your thumb and you just Bring it up to your ear, and then that's how that's right. how close it is. Right, you know, and that, oh, and that's a, and that's the thing I, uh, about Apple that I, you know, I don't, I my squabble with Apple is not ahead of the game, you know, when it comes. No, I agree when with it you. comes to technology. And it's like, when I saw that, when I saw that seven, I'm like, how is it different than my six? I'll keep my six. I'll wait for the eight. Right. That's that was my reaction, and I'm with you, um, with that. But one of the things that I want to do with you is I'm just going to throw out some real quick top, either top something, 
and I want you the first thing that comes to your head is say what it is. All right, uh, just just the flow. And I also want to talk about your app because I know that's up and going right now. So I want people to get put onto that. So saying that, who's your top MC? All time. All time. Quick, nah. go. Nice. Okay. Well, who's your top crew? Top crew Wu Tang. Okay, I like you a lot. Uh, what's your top like must listen to right now? Like people, you need to get onto this dude. Right now, uh, I outside of you know, the Kendricks and the J Cole, I like Crit. Good. Uh, what? Uh, this is a tricky one. Who's your 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 biggest hip hop disappointment? My biggest hip hop disappointment. Whoa. And I say that because after this episode drops, me and Cali West did the top five biggest disappointments. Um, and that's gonna drop, so I'm giving a prelude to what's gonna happen. Um, I'm not gonna say exactly what we talked about, but we did get into some interesting uh topics. And I, I definitely Someone did definitely mention Method Man up in the, the biggest disappointment. Uh, I won't say the, the the biggest disappointment, the biggest this hip hop disappointment to me is uh you know and I and I'm just uh, I'm I hate to say it but uh, Lauren Hill. <laughs> oh, okay. Cali West is like really agitated right now. Oh, and, wow. oh, I, 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 oh, and tell Cali West, I uh, I'm a I'm a poet as well, so I wrote a whole poem. Dedicated to Lauren Hill. It's called the sweetest thing I ever known. Yo, so I'm an L Boogie fan, and uh, when I talk, yeah, we are too. I, I'm with you. Lauren Hill is dope. It's dope. My issue, and I'm a prelude a little. She was on my biggest disappointment too, not because of her and her and miseducation over Hill, because you can put that up with Illmatic or Re- Ready to Die as like landmark albums, right. revolutionary. Right. I will never take that away from her, though I do think it's slightly overrated. But I do think capturing the moment on that timepiece of that moment is spectacular. And it deserved to win Grammys. But my issue is, yo, where's the follow-up, bro? And that, and that's my issue. That's my issue. Like, you can't be considered the top anything if you alive and kicking and don't want to do things. And I'm looking at most depth, too. Right. You know, like, so I'm with you with that. Though Callie West is not going to be happy, I'm sure she's going to want to talk to you about that. Um, let's go right into, like, your your app. I know that you are out there being creative like I am with this podcast, trying to connect with people, talk about things that I love. And me and Callie West are definitely talking about some uh, another podcast we're going to spin off soon. And as we open up... Uh, all these thoughts for new people and new thinkers to come in and have a platform to share these things with an audience. But you got some creative stuff coming out that we want to talk about. What's up with this app that you're working on? Oh, I just sent my gift over to you, bro. So you can take a look at that role uh, and get hyped. Oh, you, oh, Method Man picture. Why you got to do that, this? That, that's my that's my joint. Yo, this is when I this is one of the pictures I took off stage when I was in Philly. Oh, you see you oh, see the crowd oh, you see yeah. the crowd holding I, them up. That's typical Method Man. Oh, hey, yo, he, yo, I, I, he literally jumped, and I got, uh, and I got the picture like right before he like fell forward. That was perfect. And typical, is he wearing Tim's? What is he wearing? He wearing, uh, no, he just wearing tennis shoes. He got, <laughs> yo, and that if you could, if you feel comfortable, send me that, um, Lauren Hill, or if I could send it over to Callie West, for she could cry to herself in the middle of the I, night. I, I'll shoot over to you. <laughs> but uh, what's up with your app, bro? 
All right, so you know we uh, we talked about we talked about hip hop, and you know I'm a hip hop head, so I love hip hop. And one and one of the um, like one of the, the elements of hip hop that I really really love is the battle, the battle, man. I oh, I love to see yes. I love to see, you know, um, it circles back to King Los. Right, yeah, I love to see I love to see you know two oh, skillful artists or two skillful crews go up against each other, and you know, uh, so. I just give you the yo know, like a like the brief background. Uh uh, you understand? Like uh, you know, I, I'm I'm one of them dudes, you know, I've I you know, I've done a lot and I've seen a lot, and, you know, I'm I'm pretty much a hustler. So, you know, uh yep. back in oh seven, uh back in oh seven, uh when MySpace is the thing, I came up with this uh this idea called the art uh I was going I wanted to do this website called the Artist Faction. Uh, and it would and it was going to be geared towards all type of artists, you know, uh, where you know they can connect like all the social network, uh, per yeah. se, right? You know, and they can connect, they can sell their music and sell their art, and blah blah blah. Um, but it cost it, you know, it cost money. Didn't have the money back then, so you know, we kind, we kind I kind of shelved that idea, and uh, so whatever, uh, that's whatever. So fast forward, uh, two thousand, uh, two thousand nine. Uh, you know, I start studying uh, apps and I start seeing, uh, you know, I start realizing how lucrative they were. But, um, yep. you know, at at the time I had, a, uh, I did, I had a mentor, mentoring company called Youth Renaissance and I was uh, working with uh, at-risk youth. So um, kind of shelved that idea, you know, um, and after, you know, after I did the mentoring thing, I had went, went into, uh, the mortgage industry and you know i and in the mortgage industry i made a lot of money i made a whole lot of money you know what i'm saying like you know it was it was a ridiculous amount of money you know what i'm saying and um so i wasn't focused on nothing else but my money and i but after a while you know the money doesn't the money don't keep you so one day i walked to my office this is back in 2014 you know um and uh we had these big screen tvs around and um the dude i worked for always kept uh msnbc business the business uh news on right so and i walked in there and the first thing i seen was facebook purchased whatsapp for 19 billion dollars and i'm like yeah I'm that's like, a big deal too that's a huge deal and i'm like man i'm in the wrong business and uh <laughs> so right then uh, right in there it's just like you know because I, I i i just posted on my page like i hate working for people you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I hate getting up, punching the clock. That's just not, all creative people feel this. Way. I, you know, that's just not for me. Yo, I hate, I hate conformity. I hate rules, and I hate corporate structure. You know what I'm saying? It, it lacks personality, it lacks style, and it's whack. You know what I'm saying? And if you're gonna make money, I'd rather produce money that comes to me in my in my community. Right. I'm I'm with you 100 percent with that. Right. So, uh, you know, so I had this idea like I'm a I'm a create an act. And, you know, so one day, one Saturday, I, uh, I sat down and I had my, uh, you know, my my cousin and my two best friends. And uh, we sitting there and we like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, you know, my man, Art, you know, shout out to shout out to Art. Uh, he was like, yo, why don't we do this? Uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, that sound kind of sound kind of cool, but whatever. And uh, so I kind of slept on it for like a week. Right. And um it came to me. Oh, oh, it, oh and it was, it came to me like three o'clock in the morning. Like I was dead. I was dead in my dead sleep, bro. I was dead sleep, and it was like, oh, it was like somebody stabbed me, you know, stabbed me in my heart, and I just popped up like, oh shit, oh shit, this is it. And uh, so, 
so the app is called Trendstar. That's that's just a brief background. Um, you know, app is called Trendstar, and what Trendstar is is a social uh, social media uh, app, uh, but it's focused on videos. So unlike nice. unlike Snapchat, unlike Instagram, uh, we got we add a little twist to it. So with uh, with Trendstar, you'll be able to upload up to ninety second videos. Of anything, you know what I'm saying, and uh, like we, the app is not going to be exclusive to you know the artists, to rappers, to you know, you know creative people. It, you know, we want every, you know, we it's inclusive to everybody. But the main focus on Trendstar is uh, like to separate ourselves from everything that's out there. You know, we implemented uh, a competition feature. Nice. So you know how the competition feature work is. You know, let's say you got, oh, uh, you got. A thousand friends. I got five hundred friends. I'm trying to be known. I'm trying to, uh, you know, yeah, expand that network. You know, and and one of the and one of the hardest things about social media is like, especially if you're an artist or, or you know, uh, of any kind, it's kind of hard to build a following. You understand? Especially with YouTube and you know, dude, I know the struggle. But that means I should get the app. That I need the app, then, right? But because that's my number one thing, like getting access to. New people, new right. listeners get inside them with the product and include them in the oh, like, in the community and participate. Right, because how people oh, like how oh, you know like one thing like with social media is like you know my daughter is a YouTuber. My daughter, my daughter, like she's sixteen. You know what I'm saying she's a YouTuber, and you know she's been doing this for like two years, and she just hit three thousand followers. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so one of the problems that. Uh, Trendstar solve is it gives you access, immediate access to you know to grow your following. So how or how the competition feature work is, let's say we friends, you got a thousand followers, I got five hundred, and I'm like, and I want to you know, I can send you a request. You rap, I rap, you know, and I think I'm better than you. Whatever, I can send you a request. You know, you can accept my request. I upload my video. The app, uh, app would say you know Malik upload uploaded his video. And then you upload your video, and then you know when both of the videos uploaded, they you know they be side by side. They're showing my they're showed to my five hundred nice. followers. They show to you they show to you one thousand followers. You know what I'm saying? And they get oh and they get to and uh, and the people get to vote. They get to you know the rate, and it gives me immediate access That's to those people to, to those thousand people that. I nice. wouldn't normally had access to. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a freestyler, but I'll 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 work on something. Right. And and another another feature uh within Trendstar is, you know, like just how 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 I mean you connected. Like, you know, you 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 know, you see my Facebook posts and the things I talk about and you like, you know, I wanna oh, I wanna work with you. You know, I wanna hear I wanna hear I wanna yeah. hear what he's about. And, you know, we got a collaboration feature. So, you know, not only can you, you know, you compete against each other you know, like you can your network. You can you can collaborate. You can work. Uh, you play the piano. I play the guitar. You know, my man sing, and uh, my other man he rap. You know, we can you know, we can make one you know, one video together. Boom! From anywhere it, you can be. You in you in Brooklyn. I'm in Baltimore. My man in L.A. My other man in Atlanta. We yo know, we do one video, and guess what? You know, it's out there. You know, now I got now we all got access. To all you know, each other followers, and we just made a video, and, you know, and so that's what it's about. It's, uh, that sounds good. Is uh, when will the app be ready to come out? So we in, we in, we in testing stage right now, uh, and okay. and we currently you know for Android only, you know because uh, and no, no shot uh, and really no shot. 
shots to Apple. It's just that uh, with Android, you can sideload apps uh, without going through the App Store. So uh, yeah, and you ha- and then Apple has a very rigorous right. app. So uh, you know, so the app is available uh, for uh, for testers. Like you know, we currently have uh, a few testers on that, uh, and just working through the bugs. So if anybody uh, if anybody is interested. And you know, downloading the app, you know, they can go to trendstar.com. That's T R N D S T A R S T A R dot com. And the the download link is right there. You can you know, you can learn more about the app, what it do. We'll put a link we'll definitely put a link in the description. Um that sounds like a very, 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 very good needed uh app. So we'll definitely check it out. I'll put it on my wife's phone because she's an Android user. Um <laughs> so we'll definitely get that. But if you're interested, uh make sure you hit the website trendstar.com. That's uh spell it out for me again. T R N D S T A R. We'll put a link in the description for people to go check it out. Uh, spread the word. We want we want to support people with original ideas to get out there. This is the way to do it. Uh I want to thank you Malik for coming out. Uh, and, you know, being so uh, gracious to accept our offer to be on the show, we, I definitely don't think this will be the first and last time we do this. I'm sure there will be a lot of things uh, that we're going to talk about in the future. We're definitely going to get you involved as we get to the end of the year. Um, we're going to get everybody together where we can talk about the best and the worst of 2016. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm... We'll definitely get your opinion on there um, for sure. But thank you for the coming on the show the crush a lot podcast we're definitely going to send you some stuff in the mail um as in the token appreciation but people check out trendstar.com sign up for the testing um make sure you're supporting uh good people who work hard um and get out there and really uh vote if you don't hear us uh, until then um <laughs> uh, make sure you're out there uh voting take a stand right. um even if you don't believe in voting, even if you don't know who you're going to vote for, remember you are voting for equality. You are voting for justice. You are voting for uh, having strong and viable education for everyone. Right. You are voting for something. Don't just look at the people. Look at who you're voting for, not only the president, but at your local government. That's where, that's where the that's, change that's, is. That's where, that, that's where it counts. Is, is the local, that's where it the counts. Local, the local you got to get the local. So don't lose focus on that, people. You get out there and vote and do what Malik is doing. Put your put your opinions out there. Don't be afraid to put your opinions out there and, and don't worry about rhetoric. Right. And just and just uh, and just before uh, I I want to I want to say this before I go, you know, uh, listen, dreams. Oh, they come true. They only come true if you make them come true. I listen. I walked away from a uh, one hundred seventy-five thousand dollar a year job you know, to chase my dream, and now you know I'm I'm making you know, peanuts compared to what I'm making now. But guess what? You know I went from having an idea to actually having an app, and you know, and we we're currently in a funding stage, so you know this is a big deal. So no matter how big or how small your dream is, oh, chase it. And don't give Chase up. It. And don't ever, and ever, ever, ever let no one tell you what you can't do. You can't. And really listen to the podcast, people. This is a, a a man here that came from nothing. His family had nothing. The community had nothing. And he made something out of it. You could take things and make it out of it and use the dirt that you come from to build and produce fruit. And uh, so thank you so much for coming on the show and producing your fruit. We're definitely going to support 
your app when it's out there. We're going to check it out. We're going to put it out there. Won't be the last. We'll see you here. So thank everyone for listening. Uh, Lessoners Attack Episode 2. Uh, we'll talk to everyone soon. Uh, go out and vote. All right, and I, and I, I appreciate you having me on the show. And, you know, hopefully I can be back. And uh, I'll shoot you that, uh, that poem over, bro. Yeah. No doubt. All right, peace, everyone. Thank you. Have a good one.